0: We are looking at Acts 3, 1 through 10 today. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate, to ask alms from those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms.
1: Amen. Thank you. Well, good morning. This is such a wonderful story in the scriptures. I absolutely love the book of Acts, and I love this story in particular. As we think about all that God is doing through the church and how he's living his life out through us in the body of Christ. This story centers on verse six for me, and and I really want to take time as we look. At verse 6, silver and gold have I none, but what I do have, I give to you. What do we have that we give? What is the Lord given to us that we now offer to others? Silver and gold I have none, but what I do have, I give to you. Several months ago, a young man showed up here at the church. We'll call him James. James showed up at the church, and he wanted to speak with a pastor. And I was here, and, and I said, come into my office, James. And he came into my office, and he sat on the chair. And as soon as he sat down, he wept. For about five minutes, if not longer. He just wept. And finally, when he had calmed down a little bit, He said, I've absolutely made a mess of my life. I've destroyed everything. I've lost everything. And he started to share the story of his life with addiction and how he really got addicted to drugs, specifically meth, and how it had taken over. Took him further than he ever thought he would be. He was in the deepest, darkest place in his life. He lost his family because he'd been stealing From them and and, and really was in rebellion against them. He lost his job. He, He had a beautiful girlfriend, good relationship, destroyed that. He lost everything. He'd been sleeping in his truck for the last several months. And so I drew close to him and kind of was knee to knee and I just kind of grabbed him by the shoulders and I said, what is it that brought you here today? What is it that you want? And he said, I want to get my life back again. I want to be well. I have in my office a painting of the prodigal son. James had shared with me that he once was walking with the Lord, but then again he had abandoned his relationship with the Lord. I said, James, if you want to be well, then you have to return back to your loving father. If you want to be restored, this is the place you come first. And I had him look at the painting of, of the prodigal father wrapping up the son who had lived in rebellion and sin. And I said, this is the way the father looks upon you. Return to him. Know that he loves you. He knows your sin. He knows your mess. But he stands at the end of the street waiting for you to return. Draw near to him. And then we prayed together. And I said, James, what do you need? And he goes, well, I need a little bit of gas for my truck. I said, okay. I go, when was the last time you ate? He goes, I had a banana a couple days ago. I go, what else do you need? He said, you know what, Rod, I'd love to take a shower. I've been taking a shower in a week. And I haven't slept because I'm scared to death in my truck. Scared I'm going to get attacked scared. Police are going to arrest me. So I said, follow me. So we went over to the shell station right over here and I got him some gas. Got him gas. I said, follow me. And then we drove west and I got him a hotel room. And I said, listen, go, go take a shower. Just rest a little bit. I'll meet you in the lobby in about 45 minutes, an hour. So we did that, we met in the lobby, and, uh, and then I took him out to dinner. and just spent several hours with him, just getting to know his life. He really was a wonderful young man who got consumed in meth, and it really did take over his life. I set up a late checkout, like 3, 4 p.m. with the hotel. I said, listen, tomorrow I'm going to pick you up here, and you're going to have a late checkout, just sleep. And sure enough, he did. He slept till probably 3 that afternoon. And when I called him to pick him up, he says, Yeah, I'm just, just getting out of the shower. I slept all night, 20 plus hours. I mean, he just slept. So then I picked him up and I took him down to the rescue mission because they have a good rehab program. And he wanted to get well, he wanted to get out of this addiction. And so we did that. We went down. He was scared to death to go. So I said, hey, I'm going to help you. I'll check you in. I'll talk to the people with you. I stood by his side the whole time. And I was with him. In the meantime, I called his parents. I said, hey, your son is with me. We're checking him in to the Boise rescue man. They said, oh, my goodness. He has never, in all this journey, he's never been willing to receive help He's always been in rebellion. He's said, I can make it on my own. He's never been willing to receive help. And they said, We're going to come to Boise to come see him. And praise God they did because, unfortunately, at the moment, the rescue mission didn't have any more room in their rehab program. They were full. But we found a place in Oregon that had an open room for him and, and were willing to take him into the program. And so then his parents showed up. And then there was this beautiful restoration with his parents. And then they drove him to Oregon, to this place where he could get help, where he could draw close to God, where he could get healthy. And he's still there at this moment, and he's getting healthy. That day when he showed up, silver and gold, I have none. But what I do have, I give you. Let's pray for that this morning. Heavenly Father, you've given us everything. You've given us life. And may we be a people empowered by your Holy Spirit to live out your life, to give what you have given us, salvation and life and grace. Father, stir us up. That we may be the church. That people may receive salvation through you, Lord Jesus. Father, we want to live for you. We long to give what we have. And we ask that you would empower us to do so. In your precious name, amen. What was the history of this crippled man? At the beautiful gate. You know, every day he was placed there, the scriptures say us, teach us. The, in, verse, uh, in chapter 4, verse 22, it says that this man was, was over 40 years old. We don't know exactly when he started being placed at the gate, but from birth he was crippled. How was he viewed in his community? He was viewed as a sinner. His parents must have sinned, or he must have sinned. That's what happens to sinners. They have physical ailment. He's unclean. You wonder what the story was for him as, as the people who brought him to the gate every day. Were they really friends? Or were they people who were actually making money off this crippled man as he begged for alms? What do you think he thought about himself every day as people walked by him to go into the temple courts to worship God? What do you think he thought about God? think he was angry at God? Every day people walking by, they're worshiping God. They pay no attention to me. What do you think he thought about Jesus? I'm sure he heard of the healings of Jesus. I'm sure and I'm pretty sure that Jesus would have entered into the temple courts by beautiful gate, that Jesus actually came by this man as he entered into the temple courts. Why didn't Jesus heal this man? You have to wrestle with that question. Why didn't Jesus heal this guy going into the temple courts? Well, the truth is, he did. Do you remember what Jackson taught us several weeks ago? The book of Acts is the continuing works of Jesus through the church, through us. It's the continuing works of Jesus. It wasn't Peter who healed him. It was Jesus. He actually did heal him. Galatians 2.20 And I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. But it's Christ who lives through me. No longer me. Christ through me. And the life that I live, I live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. This crippled man healed by Peter, but really by Jesus. And it's the church going out and touching lives. Being the church. Being Christ to this spiritually crippled world. Let me just do a little side note. Do healings still happen today? Was it only during the times of Jesus and the early church? Let me just say emphatically, yes, healings happen today. Actually, all the time. The unfortunate thing is that that people start to place all of their focus on the miracles, on the healings, on the the things that are radical and extreme, and and their focus becomes, we got to have more than that. We have to tap into that power source and and really get the healings. We got to conjure up some sort of magic here. And so the focus can really become on the healings rather than on the healer, Jesus. I have a dear brother in this church family who had a brain tumor, significant, was going to go in for a major surgery. This was just a little while ago. One in to get one final exam a couple days before the surgery, just make sure everything's okay as far as all the blood work, and, and did one more scan to kind of see where the tumor was at the moment. Then kind of had to do a retake on looking at the scan because there was no tumor. Completely gone. Not just a little bit gone, completely gone. Hundreds if not thousands of people were begging God, that they would touch his life with healing. Does God still heal today? Yeah. But you know what he's more concerned about? Not the physical healing of people. See, it's easy for God to heal us physically. He created you. He created the world. That's a simple thing for him. What he wants to heal is our hearts, our broken hearts. We are... We are crippled spiritually, lost and broken. We cannot walk without salvation. The healing of our souls. Being saved by Jesus alone. That's what he's concerned about. Peter reached out that day and touched this beautiful man with not only physical healing, but spiritual healing. Remember last week I was speaking to you about the life of the new church, that that they were a people, and I use the word they were devoted. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching and they were devoted to the fellowship, the koinonia. They were devoted to the breaking of bread and to prayers. They were committed to taking care of each other, to the needy. They were devoted to testimony. They couldn't shut up about what Jesus had done in their lives. He had pierced them to the core They were saved. They were a new creation in Christ, and they were sharing about it. And it says in the scriptures, and every day the Lord was adding to their number. Christ was healing in their hearts. Those weren't all physical healings, they were spiritual. God got a hold of their hearts. So the apostles, so here we have Peter and John, and in their devotion to prayer, they're headed to the temple to pray. We're starting to see the church in action to go and make disciples. Isn't that what we're called to? And so they're going, and we're going to start to see they're making disciples. Silver and gold I have none. But what I have, I give you. What do they give to this crippled beggar at beautiful gate? Seeing Peter and John, verse 3, going in the temple... He asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze upon him, as did John, and said, look at us. They gazed. They fixed their eyes upon this man. They noticed there was actually a human being there. Most people didn't even notice. They just kicked dirt upon him as they went into the temple. They didn't let busyness get in the way of fixing their eyes upon this beautiful creation of God, fearfully and wonderfully made. They were actually going to do spiritual things, to go pray, to go worship. But isn't it worship, dear friends? when we stop and we gaze upon a human being who is broken and needy of spiritual life and what you do to the least of these you do unto me if you love the least of these you love me isn't that worship So they stopped, they gazed upon this person, and what did they give him? They gave him value, and they gave him dignity. He was indeed fearfully and and wonderfully made. Look at us he 's probably so ashamed of who he is, has no worth. You can only picture him broken and crippled at the beautiful gate head down, hand up. I'm not worthy to even look at you. I'm nobody. Everybody's pretty much told me that by their actions. I'm nobody. I lived in Washington, D.C. for a while, and I had a good friend, Celeste, who worked with the government, and her primary job was to help homeless people get a job. So we're one day and we ran into a guy on the streets right near the Capitol, his name was Timothy, and we started to talk with him. And Timothy, what's your journey? And there was a McDonald's right next door, and we said, Hey, you want a cheeseburger? Let's go grab a cheeseburger. And we started to hear about who he was. And then Celeste said, Would you would you like to work? Because a lot of people don't, actually. Would you like to work? And he said, Yes, I would love to work. I just don't know how. So she said, meet us tomorrow morning, 9.45, or 10 o'clock, right here at this spot. So Celeste and I showed up 9.45 the next day, get there a little bit early, get some coffee for him and for us. 10 o'clock rolls around, Timothy doesn't show up, 10.15, 10.30, 10.45, no Timothy. I said, Celeste, what? are you kidding me? You have everything laid out for this guy to help him have success. She said, Rod, you got to understand something. 90% of the people I talk to don't show up. I'm like, why is that? They think they have no worth or value or anything to contribute to society. They've been put down so much, they've been broken down so much, that their life is head down, hand up. Look at us. I want you to see what we have. We give dignity and value. I see you. Dear Saints, would you take time this week and just gaze upon those who are homeless and broken in our community? Really, take a moment to just, you'll see them on their corners everywhere here, right? Keenan and I were just under the bridge where the skate park is on 15th. And I just yesterday just gazed upon the man there. And I I caught his eye. Just to say, I see you. And then, if the Holy Spirit leads, and if you're actually asking the Holy Spirit, Lord, do you want me to give what I have? Do you want me to enter in with this person? But at least gaze upon them. At least say, I see you. You may honestly literally not have any change at the moment. But at least say, I see you. Hello. I do that often. I roll down my window. I'm like, hello. Silver and gold I have none. But what I have, I give you. Let us be a people that give value and dignity to those who are crippled spiritually, to those who are broken and lost. What I have I give you, so in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Everything that you're seeing, everything that's taking place, it's through Jesus, and it's Jesus living through us. It's through Jesus of Nazareth, the one that one on the cross who died for our sin. But more importantly than that, not only did He die for us, and He rose again. It's in the power of Jesus of Nazareth. You all know about Him. Many of you are the ones who put Him on the cross. It's in His power of resurrection. Rise up and walk. We give the right hand of God's love his power, his presence. And he took him by the right hand, verse 7, and he raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong and leaping up. I mean, what a scene. He stood and he began to walk, and then he entered the temple with them, and they were walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Dr. Luke is very specific. This right hand reaching out. He could have just said he extended a hand or he just said, hey, rise up, just get up and walk. But Dr. Luke, very clear, right hand. He reached out with his right hand. Scriptures speak about the right hand all the time. What's Dr. Luke trying to give us? Psalm 1835, you have given me the shield of your salvation and your right hand has lifted me up. Psalm 65, you have set up a banner for those who fear you, that your beloved ones may be delivered. You give salvation by your right hand. You have answered us, O God. You see, he's not just doing a physical healing here. This is a spiritual, life-changing transformation of his heart. It's salvation. You have given me salvation with your right hand. Colossians 3.1 If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are from above where Christ is. And guess where Christ is? And guess where we are with them? Seated at the right hand of God. Do you know what that place was? That was the place of the highest honor. Receive my right hand. Let me place you in the place of highest honor, beloved child. Silver and gold I have none, but the power of Christ I do have, and I offer it to you. Take his right hand, Jesus's. Take his hand. Peter and John are getting out of the way. They know it's all Jesus. They're very clear about that. You know the other beautiful thing about this scene when it's reached out? It's touch. Touch. James was in my office. He was wearing a shirt that really smelled. And that was one of the things I'm like, what do you have clothing-wise? He's like, that's all I have. What I'm wearing. And so later that next day, I got him some clothes. But even though his shirt was in shambles and he didn't smell great, he hadn't showered in a while, I just gave him a big hug. And said, hey, you are beloved of God. And we're going to get through this together. Touch. When do you think the last time this man, this crippled man by Beautiful Gate, when do you think the last time he was really actually touched with love? Rather than just thrown on the mat, carried over, dropped off at Beautiful Gate. Let us gaze upon God's people. Let us touch them with the power of Christ. Actually, that touch, when it says rise up and walk, the wording in the original language is it's, it's resurrection power. You are dead. Let me raise you up from the dead. That's the language that's used here. This man was spiritually dead. And guess what's true about all of us, dear saints? From birth, we are spiritually crippled and dead. And we are in need of a Savior. Let me raise you from the dead. Reach out your hand. What can we give? We can give Christ life and who He is. Rise up in the power of Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That's where the power is coming from. He's the only one who raises dead things. And all of a sudden, God's healing is is incredible and complete. His bones fill up with strength. He's leaping with joy. His healing is complete. You have to see that in the story. Have you ever broken a leg? I have. Actually, it was broken for me. We were doing Rake Up Boise one Saturday and, and I had a bunch of college students and we're out raking the leaves and we always play in the leaves and have fun and wrestle and, and throw leaves. It's a great time. But I was in a big pile of leaves and, and one of the brothers came running, I, I say at full speed, probably from 100 yards, really got good you know, speed up and he tackled me into the pile of leaves but it was a, it was a really muddy, rainy day and so my leg... Uh, stuck in the mud as his momentum took me this way. And my leg didn't budge, but my body did. And so it broke. My leg did. So then, praise God, uh, first doctor said I had to get surgery in bolts. Second doctor like, I, I think we can cast it. And uh, Dr. Coughlin, greatest doctor out there. He, and so he casted me up. Six weeks later, seven weeks later, I get the cast off. And then you, get, you who've been through it, you know, it's like, it's like I actually can't walk. I literally, I, I can't do it. My muscles have atrophied. I can't walk. And it, it takes months of rehab. And, and it's some mental games, too. Like, I can actually put pressure on this leg. Do you see what happened here with this crippled man at Beautifully? It's a complete healing Do you understand? That's what Jesus does. It's not a remodeled job. It's a complete healing. Your life has been changed completely. You are transformed. You're a new creation. You're a child of God now. You have been saved. You have been forgiven your sin. Complete healing. So he leaps up with joy. Fully strengthened by the Lord. Not only did God heal him physically, but He healed them spiritually. This right hand extended out. It's a beautiful right hand of God's presence. The Scriptures say that He reached out and He helped them up. He was with them. That's what right hand is. It's a touch that says, I'm with you. Together they went into the temple. Verse 11 says, And while this crippled man clung to Peter and John. Together they're in there rejoicing. But he's together. I don't know how to do this journey. What just happened to me? All of a sudden I'm full of the joy of the Lord. My body's here. What do I do now? Together they went in. People came running to them. They're utterly astounded at all. They recognize who this man was. Every day, every day, every day. Placed at the gate as a crippled beggar. They gave presents. Silver and gold have I none, but I will touch you. I give you the power of Christ. Will you reach out and take His hand? Because if you receive from Jesus, you shall be saved. Take my hand. Church, let us be a people who give that. What was the man asking for at the beautiful gate? What was he asking for? Money. Alms. He wasn't asking to be healed. He knew that was impossible. He's probably angry at God, by the way, as every person continues to walk by Him, seeing all these feet that actually work. What's he asking for? He just wants money. Silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give you. What is given to this man? Grace. 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 I don't want anything to do with you, God. Let me pour out my grace upon you. And yet, while we were still sinners, while we were still broken, crippled beggars, Christ died for us. Grace. Grace. We can give that. I didn't sit with James and say, how dare you? How dare you get addicted to math? What a stupid choice. I pointed him to Jesus. The only one who can forgive his sin. And the only one who can heal him. We can give grace. Poured out. See, God in the flesh came. Jesus, and He reaches out. Grace, we give Jesus. We give Jesus. We give Jesus. He's the power. He's the resurrection. He is the life. And when we reach our hand towards Jesus, we are healed. All of us, crippled from birth, healed by Jesus, the Lord and Savior. And the outcome, when we receive the hand of Jesus, the outcome of that is then... They just went leaping and praising God. You see, when God gets a hold of our life, He changes us, and there's nothing but joy, and, and, and our response to Him should be this. Let me tell you what Jesus did in my life. Because Peter and John reached out their hand. They looked upon me. They extended a hand of grace and love and i receive that power of the resurrection of jesus i received that love from him look what happened to me you can just picture him leaping around the temple courts completely healed this man's joy was a fulfillment of what jesus the messiah would do here's what isaiah 35 says then the eyes of the blind will be open and the ears of the deaf will be unstopped and then the lame will leap like a deer and the tongue of the dumb will shout for joy Isaiah's preparing the way for exactly this scene that we see in Acts 3 His healing this healing that took place the thing you have to catch it was outside the temple It was outside the temple. We're now to go and make disciples. We are the temple now. Christ lives in us and through us. And now we go out and we bring the love of God to the world. See, this outside. Everybody was going into the temple saying, this is where we experience God. Not anymore. This man every day placed at beautiful gate, outside of the temple, had his heart ripped to the core and fell in love with Jesus. He was saved. He was renewed. He was given new life. And so the one who was placed outside at beautiful gate now entered into the presence of beautiful God and had life in Him. Let's pray. Father, we have been given so much. We have been given Your life and salvation and renewal and restoration. Father, You have given it to us. And Father, help us to respond to that. Give us joy in this journey of ours. Remind us of of when You saved us. Set a fire in our hearts for You, Jesus. and, And may we... As we walk in this world, as we go out into this world, may we be a people, Lord Jesus, empowered by Your Holy Spirit. May we give You, Jesus. That's all we have. But it's more than anything. Its value is greater than all. We love You, Lord Jesus. In Your beautiful and precious name. Amen.